Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I remember what you've done in my life. That I remember as a, as a little boy at five years old, you saving my soul. I, I remember. I can still remember going down and praying. I can remember. God, I remember as a preteen how I grabbed a bare wire and was being electrocuted and I, I watched you stop the electricity out of nowhere. God, I remember when I was trying to go my own way and you wouldn't let me go. I remember. I remember how you've ordered my steps. I remember how you gave me my wife and my kids. And the goodness of God is overwhelming. I, I remember, I remember, I remind myself. God, I remind myself of all that so that when I'm in the middle of something that I'm not sure is ever going to end, and I'm enduring pain that I'm not sure I can endure, when doctors look at me and say it won't ever stop and it won't ever be any different when I when I hear reports that something's not going to change father I just have to remind myself that you're faithful you're faithful and although my circumstances change and although things seem to fluctuate and go awry one thing never changes you you're the same yesterday today and forever and when people change you don't change and when politics change you don't change and when forecasts change you still don't change You're faithful, you're faithful. You're so faithful to me. And so, Father, I speak into somebody's life right now that feels like you haven't come through and feels like that maybe you've changed your opinion about them because what they're enduring is clouding their vision. I pray that right now you'd open up their eyes. And they would recognize that nothing's changed. You still love them. You still have their best interest at heart. You still got a plan for them. You still have a path for them to walk. You still got a job for them to do. You still got a healing for them. You still have provision for them. You still have breakthrough for them. Remind us this morning, Father, that your, uh, your diagnosis and forecast over our life has not changed. You long to prosper us and work on our behalf and you'll work everything together for our good stir up faith in us again I pray and Father will be quick to give you the glory and the honor the power and the praise because you're good and we worship you in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus.
going to try to transition here to his word. Um, I hope we can do that. I don't know. We'll see. Welcome to Passion Church, by the way. I uh, hope you just make yourself at home this morning. Uh, I think it is so appropriate that uh, we go into his word because I just want to give you a warning this morning. You're going to have to have faith arise to join me in this word. I am convinced that what I've got to say to you today is true. Uh, I, I am convinced that what I've got to say to you this morning is going to come to pass, and we've already started to see it. I believe that. But it's not enough for me to just believe it. You've got to believe it too. You've got to come to this place where faith rises up in you, and you join me in this. What I want to say to you today is I believe that God has a prophetic word for us as a body and for you individually. I am convinced with everything that, that is within me that this word that I'm getting ready to share is going to come to pass in our lives. I will give you this precursor as a, an, as a, um, a qualifier. Uh, if you ask me how we're going to see this happen, I can't answer it. I don't know. Um, the, all the training I've ever been through as a pastor teaches me that you cannot take people where you have not been. I can't take you to a worship level that I am not willing to go first and enjoy that worship level. I cannot take you into a giving level that I am not willing to go into as first and lead the way. But I just want to tell you this morning up front, I don't know how we're going to get to where I'm talking about this morning. I, just transparently, sincerely, I don't think that disqualifies us from being able to get there. I just think that we are going to have to figure this out together. And you're going to have to walk with me through this and understand that there may be days that you're further along in this than I am. And there may be other days where I'm further along in this than you are. But together we're going to get to this place. And so I need you to stir up that gift of faith. As small as it may be, we're going to get to where God wants us to be. Uh, I, I just, where I'm at is this. I, I was sitting on a porch in Virginia at a youth camp. Uh, I, I stayed at this little cabin uh, this little cabin on the property, uh, don't let your mind run away from me. It wasn't glamorous. It was just a little cinder block cabin. Uh, and I sat out on that porch, and as I was sitting there one morning, just spending a little time with the Lord, uh, contemplating the evening service, the Lord brought the passage of Scripture that I'm going to read to you here in just a few moments into my mind. It's not a new passage. It's a familiar passage. It's one that you've heard countless times before. If you've grown up in church at all, been to one session of Sunday school, you probably heard this passage. If you've been to children's church, you've heard this passage. Not new. But he brought that passage to my mind again. And as I began to contemplate it, he began to speak to me about us. Very specifically about us. It's one of those moments where I know he was talking about us. And, and so I want to take you there this morning. There's a new twist on it, at least in my mind, that I'd never really thought of before. And, and, I, and I think that he's saying this to us. Now, listen, let me say this going in. I know times are hard. I understand that the economy is tough and seems to be getting tougher. I understand that paychecks seem to run out before the month does. I understand that. I, I understand that gas used to be 70 cents when I was a teenager, and now it's $19,000 a gallon. And um, I understand. I understand that there are situations that seem to snowball in our life, and the weight of the stress of that and the pain of that seems to be unbearable at times. I understand that sickness for some of us seems to be very sustained. And that healing 
seems to be nothing more than a distant and almost a fictional concept. I understand that. But out of all of that, I just sincerely believe that God is saying a word to us as a body that he's getting ready to usher us into a season of blessing that we've never experienced before. Somebody said this one time, I heard him say to a preacher, well, you must be one of those prosperity preachers. And I thought he had the best comeback of all times. He said, well, what's the alternative? I don't want to preach you into poverty. I don't want to preach you into depression. I don't want to preach you into pain. Uh, But there's a balance here. I think what's happened in our culture, because we are part of America and we're driven so much by greed and uh, empowered by our worship of money, that when people begin to talk about blessing, we lose our balance and we fall on, if we're not careful, on the consumer side of of America, we allow that to infiltrate our belief in God. So when somebody starts talking about blessings, we just box God up into money. And we think that's the highest height of blessing. I got news for you. There is a blessing that we're going to talk about today that may, yes, involve money, but goes way beyond money. I just want to tell you that Jesus promised us that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. That literally means wave upon wave of blessing. How many of you know you can have all kinds of wealth, riches, and still not be blessed? And so I I want to challenge you this morning. When we begin to talk about this level of blessing that I believe God is getting ready to usher us into, I'm not just talking about money. If you box him into just money, then we have got a problem here. You're going to miss the scope of blessing that God wants to take us into. I am a prosperity preacher. I'm not a name it, claim it kind of guy. I'm not a blab it and grab it, profess it and confess it and possess it. I'm not telling you that we're going to stand up at the end of the service and say, I claim a Corvette and you're all going to drive home and there's going to be a brand new 2013 Corvette in your garage. That's not what I am saying. What I am saying is that I am convinced that God wants to take us to a level of blessing that we've never experienced, never encountered. And I'm saying that for me too because I've never seen, I've heard about, but I've never seen what I want to talk to you about today. So with all of that in mind, there are no notes in your bulletin because I don't want you to be distracted this morning filling in the blank. You can write down whatever you want. There are no drive cards going home because I want to be open-ended discussion. There are no blanks on the screen because I think we get in a rut. This one Sunday, I'm breaking all of that on purpose to try to get you to listen to me because you've got to listen to me. We've got to see this take place together. We've talked about this before. We are connected. The miracle that God wants to work that I'm going to talk about to this, this morning takes place as we connect with one another. In the Old Testament, man, I'm, all, I'm not even on my notes. In the Old Testament, the Bible declares that there is a commanded blessing where when brothers dwell in unity, if we would ever agree, touch and agree, two come together and agree, at that moment there's a commanded blessing. In other words, there's a guaranteed money back guaranteed blessing that God brings into the house and onto our lives that only takes place when we're all into agreement together and we're all marching together and we're all believing the same thing together and we're all saying the same thing believing the same thing holding on for the same thing trusting God for the same thing when we get to that place then the kind of blessing that I'm talking about will show up in this house and I want that I want that But we got to get together. So I need you to open up your spirits and listen this morning. I want you to join me in Luke chapter 5. 
And I just want to read this passage to you, very familiar. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Listen carefully. Once he was standing on the shore of the lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. That's, they're talking about Jesus. Jesus, he noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. And when he had finished teaching, he said to Simon, Push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, that's key, but if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner than, he, than, than done a huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Let me read verse 7 out of the King James. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. I want to talk to you for just a few moments, I believe, prophetically about the concept of a dangerous catch. Or maybe I should have titled this a sinking blessing. Jesus is preaching. Jesus' preaching had drawn the attention and the focus of the community to the degree that as he would begin to walk out of the community, people would follow him. In fact, in this particular case, they followed him all the way to the lake. Uh, I think sometimes we go to the lake, but we don't follow Jesus there that's in a whole nother sermon but uh, they follow Jesus to the lake and he's walking along the she- seashore and uh, in that moment somehow some way the ordered steps of a righteous man bring him into a fishing camp and there he sees the scene it's a group of fishermen that have been out all night fishing and they've caught nothing and they're washing their nets and they are putting their nets away for the day. And you know the story. He calls these men back to their boats. Can I use your boat for a pulpit? They say, yes. By the way, these are fishermen. These are not Jesus' disciples yet. They are fishermen. They have secured their life through fishing. The, the economy that they understand, the currency that they understand is fish. It's how they pay their bills. It's how they eat. And now Jesus shows up and uses their boat as a pulpit. And when Jesus finishes his preaching, he turns. This is Jesus, a preacher. This is Jesus, a carpenter by trade. He's not a fisherman. Now he turns and he gives fishermen that have spent their whole life learning how to fish instructions on how to do what they already know to do. How many of you know sometimes... God has a hard time dealing with us because we think we already know everything we need to know. But Jesus says, listen, you got to listen to me and do what I say to do. And on his apparent mistimed 
instructions because you do understand that in that particular environment, the best time to fish was not in the heat of the day when the water was clear, but it was best to, to fish in the evening when the water is clouded and the fish can't see the nets. So Jesus gives them mistimed instructions and they follow those mistimed instructions and to their surprise and quickly turning to their dismay, what they discover is they are overtaken by and confronted with a blessing that is so great and so overwhelming that according to scripture it almost kills them uh, did you catch it it says they began to sink they're overtaken by a great windfall in their economy this was a great successful day this was a windfall that they could not contain they had to call their friends to come and get in another boat and come help them harvest the harvest uh, i don't i don't know if you understand this but they had no escape plan they were so overtaken by this harvest that their boats began to sink. That's no, that's, they've already, they followed his instructions. They went out into the deep section of the lake. Jesus had an escape plan. The boat goes down, no sweat. I can get out of this. I will walk on water back to the shore. Peter, James, and John, and whoever else is out there, if the boat goes down, they are in a severe dilemma. No way out. And that is the backdrop against which I want to say some things to you this morning. I can stand here and declare to you that I have seen you blessed. I have no problem up here declaring that over you. I have watched many of you as God has turned your life around where you were in bondage, but now you're not. I have watched others of you where your marriage relationship was about to fall apart, but now out of the miraculous blessing of God and the favor of God, your marriage is stronger right now than it's ever been. I've seen others of you that were struggling with physical illness where God has intervened and brought healing into your life. I've watched others of you that were struggling financially. God has blessed you and promoted you and favored you and blessed you. I can say without a doubt that I've seen God bless you individually. I've seen God bless us corporately. All I got to do is think back five short years and think about seven couples gathered in my living room and now look at us. And I can think about having no place to meet and now look at us. And I can think about the favor and the blessing and the the. the, the the, the name that God has helped us establish in the community. I can see people's lives being impacted that don't even come to our church because of the blessing and the favor that rests upon them. I've seen God bless us. But what I sense in my spirit and what God said to me on that porch in Virginia about us is this. I declare over us today that we are on the doorsteps of the day when we will be so blessed that it will be dangerous a blessing so big so deep so filling that it threatens to sink our boat yeah i i i know some of you've been sunk in in depression and i know some of you've been sunk in sickness and i know some of you've been sunk in brokenness and i know some of you've been sunk in pain and in fear and instruction destruction but i believe that what god is saying is that he is about ready to show up and bless you to a degree that you're going to you are literally going to sink in his goodness where you will begin to you will begin to cry out in dismay i am so blessed that i can't take anymore god please i i appreciate what you've done in my life but i 
I am so overtaken by your goodness and your provision and your healing and your mercy that God, I can't stand anything else. If you touch me one more time, I think I'm going to lose my mind and I don't know what I'm going to do. It's absolutely going to destroy me if you touch me one more time. That's the level of blessing that I declare to you. I, I, I just got to ask you some questions. When was the last time you were so blessed it was dangerous? When was the last time you were so blessed that it almost destroyed you? I am ready for us to experience a sinking blessing. When God steps on the scene and blesses us at such a degree that it messes our entire life up. Now, now please don't misunderstand me. I, I am thankful for the one fish blessing. Uh, uh, I've watched as God has blessed some of you a little here and a little there. That one fish blessing where it got you through. The disciples experienced that. You remember Jesus sent them to the lake and said, go get that one fish. And when you open up that one fish's mouth, there will be a coin that pays all your taxes. That's a one fish blessing. I will not diminish or take away from the fact that God has blessed us like that. But what I am saying to you is that God wants to bring us into a place that where, where he has to move, we have to move beyond expecting a one fish blessing to where we are overtaken by blessings. I've heard about it. I've heard about churches and, and bodies where they were so blessed that the harvest started coming in and they couldn't even handle it all. I, I know, I know I ain't never been a part of that. I never experienced it myself. I've heard about it. I've heard about churches where people were so blessed that they had to start finding ways to give stuff away. And they had to find uh, uh, ushers and greeters. And, man, we can't handle everybody that's coming in. we got to enlarge everything. we got to make room. we gotta, we got to. I don't even know how to articulate what I sense God is saying in my spirit. God wants to bless us at that degree. And if you don't want it, that's fine. But I intend to experience that. There are going to be a few of us that are going to move into that because faith is going to rise up in us and we're going to say, hey, I can handle that. I, I want that kind of blessing. The, the, the second part of that that I heard God say to me is this, is that I've seen a lot of you blessed to a degree that it touches you. You've been healed. You've been financially blessed. You've been changed. Your house is better. Your family is better. Your body is better. But what I sense that God is saying is He wants to bless us and bring us into a place of blessing that the day is coming where you will be so blessed that you will have to get others involved in handling your blessing. It will impact you, but it will move beyond you. See, most of us have never experienced that. We just get enough for us to get by. But what I am declaring to you, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying this again so strongly this morning, is that He wants to bless you to the degree that it begins to bleed off on other people around you. 
I, 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 didn't, I didn't intend for this. I didn't even think about this. But, but I, there's, a, there's a tie. We just finished our series, Temptation Island. In part two, I read to you out of Genesis 39. And if there was ever an illustration of the type of blessing that I'm talking about right now, it is in Genesis chapter 39. Because I believe that what God is about to do is he's about to usher us back into a Joseph level of blessing. Y'all remember what I read to you? Uh, uh, you know the story. Joseph was assigned to Potiphar as nothing more than a slave. He was a slave. He was a slave. So you don't have to be on the who's who's list to get this kind of blessing. You don't have to be on a Fortune 500 list to make get get this kind of blessing. You you don't have to have uh, uh, be 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 a part of the dress for success crowd. You don't have to be large and in charge. You you don't have to have any of that. See, some of you don't think that you are in the position to be blessed like this. I'm a nobody. Joseph was a nobody. Some of you don't think you're skilled enough. Some of you don't think you're gifted enough. Some of you don't think you are positioned appropriately to be blessed like I'm talking about us being blessed together. I am saying to you that, that God wants to bring us back into that level of blessing that Joseph encountered because the Bible says that as a slave, uh, let, let, let me read it to you out of Genesis 39. See if you catch it. As a slave, this is what happens. Joseph, Joseph's master recognized that God was with him saw that God was working for good in everything he did. He became very fond of Joseph and made him his personal aide. He put him in charge of all his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. From that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian. He was a heathen, far from God. Why? All because of Joseph. Yeah. The blessing of God spread over everything he owned at home and in the fields. What I am saying to you is that I have heard the Holy Spirit say this to me. I am convinced that God is going to begin to bless us at such a level that the blessing that you have received is going to be bigger than you can contain. And the day is coming where everybody around you is going to recognize the blessing of God on your life and not only recognize it, they're, they're, they're going to enjoy the benefits of that blessing. It's going to bleed over on them. That means when you walk into your heathen job with a heathen boss and heathen co-workers and you feel like you're the only light there suddenly the, the, the business is going to boom and when every other business is closing yours is going to stay strong not because the boss made the right choices not because the boss was holy but because of the favor and the blessing that rests on you that means when you go home, your neighborhood's going to be blessed. And your heathen relatives that you only like to hang out with at family reunions one time a year because they drive you crazy and you can't stand them any other time of the year, that, that, that you are going to be so highly favored and so highly blessed that even those folks are going to back up and say, there's something different about them and my finances are stronger and I'm seeing sickness fall off of me and my marriage relationship is better and I haven't changed anything but because of you. That means when we're right here right now worshiping God, people are going to begin to drive by and they're going to be a husband and a wife that are fighting it out for the last time saying this is over and I can't stand you and right in the middle of cussing one another out well, out, of the, out of the favor and the blessing that emanates out of us, not a building out of us. Somehow, someway, right in the middle of the fight, the wife's going to look at the husband and go, but I love you. And all of a sudden, the husband going, what are you talking about? You just called me every name, of the, but I love you. And suddenly something's going to change. Why? Because of the blessing that rests on us. Come on, let faith arise. 
See, I, I, I know this. I, I, I know you've had enough to fill your boat. And I know you've had enough to fill your home. And I know your needs are being met. But I am saying to you that we are going to be so blessed and so used by God. And his provision is going to come into our life to the degree that those around us are going to begin to enjoy blessings they didn't do nothing to obtain. In fact, it will be because we're in the room. So this is your challenge this morning. I need you to quit praying like this. I, I, I am challenging you to change your prayer life right here. I want you to quit praying this prayer because I know some of us pray this. God, if you could just give me enough for me. God, if you could just bless me enough to get my bills paid. God, if you could just heal me, I'll be satisfied. I'll be content. I won't ever ask you for anything else if you could just do this for me. No, no. I want you to begin praying for a breakthrough in your life. Uh, I, I want you to begin to pray for a healing in your life. I want you to begin to pray for a provision in your life that would force you to get other people involved in handling the hall. I, I, I am looking and I am believing for the day when some of you are going to be like this. You're going to be at home and the Holy Spirit is going to begin to move on you and you're going to discover that you're so healed that you got to get on the phone and call people in the church and say, you got to get over here right now because I just got healed, but there's so much of this going around. If you could get over here too, your healing would come. I've been so blessed financially that now I see your need and I respond out of it and you enjoy the blessings that God has blessed in my, my life with. I need you to get over here. You're, my chains have been been so shattered that if you could get into my company right now, come on, let's meet at McDonald's because right now your chains are going to fall off. If I could, I'm so blessed it's going to bull over onto you. That's the day we're headed toward. That is the day that I think God is saying that we are about to walk into where we have to get past this concept of I just need enough for me to where we come to this place where we begin to ask God, I need a blessing, but I need you to bless me at such a level that I, I am forced to share it with others. See, I know some of you have the, the gift of generosity, but you can't be generous because you only got enough for you. I know some of you got the gift of healing, but you can't, right now it doesn't seem like you can pray for anybody to get healed because you only got enough healing for you. I'm preaching this morning. I, I'm telling you right now the day is coming when all of a sudden you're going to wake up and realize that God is blessing you to such a degree that you would be stealing from God if you kept it all to yourself. God will not give that kind of blessing to people that will not share it. He will not give that kind of blessing to people that will squander it. He is looking for somebody that will back off and say, bless me as much as you can bless me. It's not that you haven't blessed me in the past, but if you would bless me to that level, I'll, I'll share it with every now one more thing and then I'm going to be done I think I believe that what God said to me is that in order to get to that level of blessing we got to be careful hear me carefully this morning uh, some of you will miss out on this blessing if you're not careful if you don't hear what I'm getting ready to say right now you'll miss it all You'll see people around you getting blessed and you won't be blessed because you missed this point right here. Too many of us are washing and putting up what God is getting ready to use to bless us. Let me see if I can bring this down to you. The disciples are sitting on the seashore 
and they begin to wash and put up their nets and they're done with those things. They, they have tried all night long in their own power. They put out the effort. They've tried all the strategies and tactics. They've done all they know to do. And now Jesus comes along and wants to bless them, but they're shelving the very nets that he wants to use to bless them through. Let me see if I can get real practical here for you. Some of you have been praising for all your words, but you're tired. And now you're about at this place where you're so weary and worn out that you're ready to put your praise up. I've tried that. I I, I allowed a sacrifice of praise to fill my mouth and nothing changed. I'm done with that. I'm going to shelf that. But God was about ready to break in and bring a miracle into your life through the very praise that you're about to shelf. Some of you are going, I, I've, I've tried this Bible reading thing. Steve, you just don't understand. I've been reading my Bible faithfully every day for five months, and nothing has changed. I am done with that. I'm going to go on and do something else. I'm going to go read something else because this isn't working for me. It's working for everybody else, but it's not working for me. I'm going to shelf that. And what I came to tell you is you, if you are not careful, you will miss this level of blessing because you will put up what God is trying to use in your life. I, I've been faithful, Steve. You don't understand. I've been coming faithfully to this church for a year now. I'm here every Sunday. And, I, and nothing's changed. My, my life's still falling apart. I still don't see the miracles. I don't see the healing. Nothing's changed in my life. I've done all I know to do. I've been faithful. I've served. I'm faithful. I've served. I'm faithful. I've served. And now, at the moment, right on the threshold of a miracle, you are about ready to shelf what God wanted to use. I'm preaching. Some of you about ready to quit giving. I tried that giving thing. It don't work. Everybody else gives 10% and they're blessed. I've been giving my 10% and I'm going deeper in the hole. Man, this thing don't work. It works for them. Don't work for me. I'm shelving that thing. I can do better on my 100% than I can on 90%. I'm just taking it right back. And you miss. Yeah. God may very well be just about to utilize the thing that you're pushing to the side. My dad gave me some advice about 22 years ago that saved my life. I was serving at a youth ministry in the poorest town of the poorest county of the poorest state in America. It was no fun. No fun. I was full-time for $6,800 a year. I was going under. I was frustrated. I was broke. Julie and I had just gotten married. We weren't sure we could make ends meet. I called my dad and I said, Daddy, i got to quit this mess. This is ridiculous. And he gave me a piece of advice that I want to share with you. I've shared it with some of you before. I try to tell everybody I know because I didn't know how to hear God. And I was about to walk away from what God was about to use. This is what he said. He said, Steve, you don't quit doing what God told you to do until he tells you to do something else. He said, until you get new marching orders, you continue to march. And then he made this statement. He said, silence is never permission to quit. 
And what I came to tell some of you is it's really quiet right now and you're not sure what to do and you feel like you've done all you know to do and you've prayed all you know to pray and you've fasted all you know to fast and you've given all you know to give and you've done all that you know to do and you're about ready to quit. But I came to tell somebody this morning, don't quit. Go back to fishing one more time. Sing one more time. Play one more time. Give one more time. Dance one more time. Shout one more time. Trust God one more time because at the moment that you use what you are about to shelf God can step in and bring a miracle into your life I'm asking you to believe one more time and I've I've honestly already told you that I have never personally seen or experienced what I am believing that God is saying but not by sight oh there's this promise not by my power but not I know it says not by our might but if we don't see it we don't believe it and I am calling you to a new level of faith this morning let faith arise I'm I'm asking you I'm saying that believing is seeing we've got to believe that this can happen and I know it can happen because it happened for them and so this morning, I don't, I don't know if I'm talking to everybody. I, I may only be talking about 10 or 15 people. I, I, I understand that some of you just don't have the faith level for what I'm asking us to, to embrace. But I am asking you, because I'm there. I am ready for this kind of blessing. Well, Steve, haven't you been blessed? Yeah, I've been blessed. But I haven't been blessed to this degree. Oh, by the way, before I ask you to respond, may I give you this one last little statement. This is a dangerous kind of blessing. You do understand that these men, at the greatest day of their life, they just hit the lotto. They just hit jackpot. And when they were blessed at this degree, they walked away from it all. And they went from being fishermen to fishermen. Their comfort zone was impacted their agenda was impacted their calendar was impacted their daily walk was impacted so I understand that what I'm challenging you to is dangerous because what what, what I'm saying to you is we got to come to this place if we want to see this level of blessing we got to come to this place where we go this and this is where I'm at I'm just going to be honest with you I'm praying a dangerous prayer you can join me in it if you want I'm just saying God whatever it takes whatever it takes for us to get back to where when I walk in the room and when you walk into the room without laying hands on anybody or even speaking to somebody they get healed it's in there it's in there so it ought to be in here either we're a New Testament church or we're not So you have to be willing to come to this place where you go, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Over the course of the next three weeks, I'm going to start a series called The Hunger Games. And I instructed the first service this, I'm going to instruct you to, and then I'm going to let you respond. 
I'm asking you over the course of the next three weeks, every church growth consultant that I know says, you don't do this in the summer. You do this when people are going to be around. And I heard a guy just recently, church growth consultant, stand up and say, don't preach your best stuff in the summer. Nobody will be there. But why do we have to wait to the fall to see God do this kind of stuff? Just wait, God. We'll catch you in September. Really? No. No. Over the next three weeks, I'm going to challenge you about hunger, and I just want to say this to you. If we're going to get all that God has for us and get to this level, we've got to embrace change. That means you've got to change how you show up at church. You've got to come expecting. I, I want you to leave your pretty praise at home over the next three weeks. You know that one where you just, yeah, man, I'm cool. i got my praise going. No, I want you to bring your ugly praise. I'm talking that kind of praise where you don't give a rip if your makeup runs and your hair falls down and snot running out your nose. I'm, t- I'm talking the level of praise that will usher us into this level of blessing where we don't really care. We just got to get a hold of God. All I know to do is tell you, I don't know how to get there. I just know what he said. I heard him say it. And I know this, when they took him at his word, he about killed them. And I'm there. I'm there, y'all. Whatever he says to do, we're going to do it. It's going to line up with His Word. And at the moment we line up with His Word, blessings, dangerous blessings. I want you to stand with me this morning. Father, most of us have never seen this kind of blessing. We can honestly say, we sang it, you're faithful. We don't diminish or play down or take for granted the one fish blessing. It hurt, it helped us and it it sustained us. But Father, this morning, I ask you, for more. And Father, I'm asking you right now that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place at a new level and at a degree that we've never encountered before. God, I pray that faith would rise up in us and we would long for the day. We would long for the day when we would be so blessed that everybody around us enjoys the fruit of that blessing. That's our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, this is how I'm going to ask you to respond. If you're here and you'd say, Steve, I'm at the place where if God wants to interrupt my calendar, interrupt my schedule, change my path, even in a moment of my greatest success, if necessary, I'm willing. That's the kind of blessing I want. I want that kind of blessing. 
I want a blessing that almost destroys me so that I can share it with others. If that's you, I want you to quickly come and stand down here with me. I wished I could stand here and map this out for us. I, I, I do. I wished I could stand here and say, okay, if we'll do this, 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 and this, this blessing that I'm talking about will occur. Honestly, folks, I don't have a clue. The only thing I know is that that type of blessing only comes when we're together and I also only I know that it only comes when we do what he says to do my concern for you this morning is that some of you standing up here are shelving things that he wants to use don't quit don't give up don't quit. Hold on. I want to pray over you and then we're going to pray together. And I just want to ask you as I pray that we would just begin to say, God, we want everything you've got for us, Father, this morning. God, we don't stand up here as if this body of believers that you Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.